Welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast with your hosts, Alex Harris. And with them, as always, are Tim Garner and Matt Paul. But yeah, I think it's possible that ear infections felt more painful when we were younger because we weren't as used to pain. Because we were fucking babies. We were babies, and now we know that life is pain, so it's like, whatever, man. Welcome to the waking nightmare of real life, children. <laughs> ear infections are the least of our problems. I know. Like, I'll I'll take an ear infection over this yeah. capitalist hellscape we live in. Plus, you know, <laughs> pandemic. Pandemic, I know. I, mean, I know. As a... Things are just so frustrating. I, sometimes I, at this point, I honestly forget. Like, I just, I'm just so used to, like, wearing masks and doing things that I'm just kind of like, yep. it is, you know, this is life now. Yep. It's just like wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wearing pants on your face. Yeah, it's just like, you, <laughs> you put on your shoes, your pants, and your mask, and you go about your life. Yep. <sighs> this is not the cyberpunk dystopia I was promised. I know, right? It's not like I get to go to fucking Johnny Silverhand shows or something. Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> Thought I'd be chipping in by now. Yeah, or 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 there'd be toner wars like in the Diamond Age where little microscopic <laughs> robots are killing each other constantly and causing black particulate to get in everyone's shit. Uh, what the fuck? Uh, anyway, hello and welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast. I'm Alex Harris. I'm an independent writer slash director. You may know me from my sci-fi epic, The NeverEnders. A bunch of physically attractive aliens come to Earth at the dawn of time to help shape the future of humanity. Unfortunately, they are asked not to interfere, no matter how much people are suffering. So they don't. And the last 30 minutes of the movie is just the entire planet being destroyed as the Neverenders twiddle their thumbs and roast some marshmallows before they head off to their next gig. Anyway, you can see the Neverenders uh, this coming February 17th. Wait, wait, I thought that was like for a publicity promotion. That's actually the release date? What the fuck? Hi, I'm Tim Gardner, man in suit actor, contortionist, mime, green suit guy. You may know me from my work in Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Wait, you worked on that? We tore that apart. Why, why didn't you say anything? I, I can't, uh, Tim, I can't believe you take such an embarrassing job. Yeah, man. I mean, even by the incredibly low bar, I judged the two of you. <laughs> well, hang on, fellas. I did the mocap for the ketchup bottle that explodes on Tom Hardy. Oh, my God, man. Good job. That was incredible. Yeah. Dude, completely. As the one person who did their job well, you are not responsible for the rest of that movie. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> Man, I'm proud of you. Hi, I'm Matt Paul, and I'm just a guy on a podcast. I'm certainly not a script doctor, and anyone who says I am must be resigned to being wrong all the fucking time. <laughs> Speaking of resigning, I'm thinking of resigning from my longtime occupation as a script doctor and pivoting to writing my own scripts. I'm currently shopping around my newest spec script, The Fast Duel. A dramatic retelling of the real-life feud between Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson, detailing the original cause of the quarrel, which was them arguing about who takes themselves more too seriously during a Who's Balder contest. It then follows them as they decide to settle the feud like real men, with passive-aggressive social media posts. Who will get the most likes and retweets? How many will be in support and how many will be quote tweets to make fun of them? How many times did Vin Diesel cry over the feud? How many times did Dwayne Johnson tell Vin Diesel that he knows now why Vin cries, but it's something he can never do? Will Vin Diesel ever get to the 20th level of D&D? Oh, wait, I'm getting a call. Um, can you guys leave? I like to fart loudly while I'm on the phone. That weirdly makes sense to me. Yeah, while we're outside, I'll show Alex all the alternate takes for how I was going to catch up all over Tom Hardy. In one take, he yelled at me so loudly, I cried for an hour. Nice. Hey, boss. What's up? You could stop calling me boss. We're family, Matthew. Oh, okay. What's up, Uncle Pentor? Boss is fine. So, what's this I hear about you not wanting to be a script doctor anymore? Well, I didn't say I don't want to be one. I'm just saying I'm quitting so that people think I'm not a script doctor anymore. But you're 
deal admitting that you were a script doctor before you claimed that you quit. What do you want me to do instead? Just keep it secret and not tell anyone? Yes, that's the point. It's supposed to be a secret. Like how Christopher McQuarrie doesn't talk about the movies he doctored unless someone else reveals it. Or how no one knows that James Corden writes himself into every script he secretly doctors. Or how no one knows that Skynet is real and has been doctoring hundreds of movies ever since James Cameron created advanced artificial intelligence for real because he's so committed to filmmaking. I know. I just... I'm getting tired of being a secret. I've worked on so many big movies, and you keep telling me that my changes were the best parts of the script, so why can't I be a famous screenwriter like Aaron Sorkin or whoever it is that writes those progressive insurance becoming your parents commercials? I love those. Because that's the name of the game, Matthew. Those were the conditions of this job when you accepted it. I've been producing movies from the shadows for years. Some of the biggest movies of all time have me to thank for their existence. I'd love to take credit for Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, or Caddyshack 2, but that's not how it works. The last script doctor went rogue and decided to make his own independent movie, and you know what happened to him. No, I don't. Precisely. No one's even heard of the name Tommy Wiseau. So unless you want to end up just like that nobody, I suggest you keep your head in the game. It's not like I haven't let you write a full script on your own before. The Morbius movie was all you, and it's supposedly so good the producers don't even want to share it with the rest of the world. It's so smart and necessary. They want it all to themselves like a buried treasure. It is pretty good. I'm really proud of the part where Jared Leto sucks the blood out of Peter Stormare so he can look just like him for House of Gucci. Exactly. Now keep this script doctor stuff to yourself, okay? And this fast dual spec script, it's a solid idea. But stick to doctoring. You make for a better busboy than you do a chef, you know? Leave the cooking to the Sorkins, the Shane Blacks, and the Kinbergs. You're just here to clean up after them. <sighs> okay. Good. Now, when you're done recording, take a look at the scripts for Red Notice 2 and 3 that Skynet wrote. I'm thinking we can skip all that and just reuse the script for the first movie without anyone noticing. Maybe throw in a few more romantic scenes between Gal Gadot and Dwayne Johnson since I'm assuming their irresistible sexual chemistry is what made the movie a hit. Just like Big John and Little John in Halloween Kills. All right. I'll take a look, Uncle Pentor. Oh, by the way, are you coming to the family reunion? Seriously, you can go back to calling me boss. <clears throat> Alright, you guys, you can come back in now. Everything okay, man? Yeah, everything's fine. And I'm totally not a script doctor. R right, we know. Don't worry, your, your secret is safe with us. Anyway, once again, in an affront to my ability to keep a secret that Matt is a script doctor, we have some corrections from the previous episode. Uh, first, I made a couple weird fumbles that completely changed the meaning of some sentences. First, when discussing notable Hollywood deaths, I meant to say that if I don't mention someone, it's not because I don't care, but instead I said, it's not because I care. For some reason. Uh, I also said that Ripley being scared in Aliens doesn't mean she's brave and tough. <laughs> when I meant to say it doesn't mean she's not brave and tough. Whoopsie. Also, I'd like to point out that it's possible that Aliens is not the pinnacle of dark sci-fi, but if it's not, I, it would probably be another James Cameron movie like Terminator 1 or 2. And in the previous episode, you may have noticed that my audio was uh, a little different, a bit choppy at points. Uh, 
you may have also noticed that a lot of S sounds were missing or partially missing from the end of words like nipples or Oscars. <laughs> you may think this is because I switched to a different microphone and Alex struggled with the new audio, accidentally cutting out higher frequencies, resulting in very little sibilance at the expense of some S sounds. Now, while that's partially true, I was also avoiding sounds in an effort to not offend Matt's Cobalarian heritage. Thank you. You're welcome, Matt. <laughs> that said, I especially want to apologize if the new audio prevented you from hearing the name of Harry's planet in the Harry and the Hendersons 2, the squatching is Fercury. <laughs> Finally, our lawyers would like to point out that Alex didn't say Kim Kardashian actually did murder a hobo. He was just saying that that's the specific occasion they got glammed up for. We can't confirm whether or not they went through with it, but we have trouble believing Pete Davidson would be cool with ritualistic murder of the lower class by the elite. That said, while we can't confirm Kim Kardashian and her friends actually hunt less fortunate human beings, let's be honest, we also cannot confirm that they don't. It's true, we can't confirm that. It's terrible. Uh, that's it for corrections. Let's move on to some news. Mission Impossible 7 and 8 have been delayed again, with Part 7 coming out in 2023 and Part 4 coming out in 2024. The movies are taking longer because Cruz is determined to pull off the most impossible mission of all, trying to be a likable Scientologist. Hey, man, we're all clear, okay? <laughs> They'll hear you. Oh, jeez. You're right. The walls. The crews. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Depp is set to star in a film about French King Louis XV, or as Alex would call it, Louis Extravarge. <laughs> <laughs> a sequel to A Christmas Story is in the works with original star Peter Billingsley returning. It's a surprisingly dark story about them finding the rest of the body they used to make the leg lamp. <laughs> <laughs> Some bonus jokes! A sequel to A Christmas Story is in the works with original star Peter Billingsley returning. He said he would never make a sequel, but then he lost a bunch of money in Vegas, and now his finances are totally fudged. <laughs> a sequel to A Christmas Story is in the works with original star Peter Billingsley returning. In the sequel, Ralphie pursues a career as a pirate after his mom's prediction finally comes true. <laughs> Movie producers plan on building a working film studio in space by 2024. I mean, come on. This is the kind of thing powerful people are doing with their money rather than solving poverty. Oh, oh wait, this just in. Uh, I've been told that they heard my concern and they are now planning to introduce space poverty by 2025. Ah, they must have lost the memo. <laughs> Disney is developing a live-action adaptation of the Aristocats, a live-action version of a movie about talking cats. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> or right. <laughs> Release the butthole cut. Right. The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson, will officially be almost three hours long. It would have been even longer, but they cut out the scene where he's bit by a radioactive bat and finds out he can shoot guano from his wrists. <laughs> I mean, that would certainly scare criminals away. Oh, yeah. The sequel to Jason Statham's giant shark movie, The Meg, is about to start filming with Statham returning and new director Ben Wheatley. In this one, Statham's character is such a non-functional, chronic alcoholic that he only has four visible ab muscles. I, I refuse to see this movie if there's only four abs. <laughs> I mean, he must be in real dire shape then. How am I supposed to wash my shirts on a washboard stomach <laughs> if the washboard's broken? I ask you. According to director Matt Reeves, The Batman is almost a horror movie. Turns out this is primarily due to how often the Riddler forces Batman to play Wordle. What the hell is... Like, why? And why <laughs> you know, like do the cult, I care? It's a new cult, Matt. Like, what am I, I... don't get it's it. A new like, why do I look at these yellow and green squares? Like, why am I supposed to care that people are posting about this? I don't care. I'm very it's okay. confused. It's very confusing. It's okay. And, and everybody, like, across the board, like, I'm seeing people post about it that I really love and enjoy. So, <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. I know. I agree. And this was Matt's old man yells at cloud corner. <laughs> 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 you 
you crazy kids. <laughs> and your wordle. We wore an onion on our belt as that was the fashion at the time. <laughs> Robert Pattinson is in talks to star in the next movie from Parasite director Bon Joon-ho. Supposedly, the movie is based on Pattinson's real-life habit of secretly living in rich people's basements for shits and gigs. <laughs> I mean, I could see him doing that. Method. This was a very Pattinson-heavy I know. <laughs> it was in a lot of news this week. It's all ramping up because the movie's coming out and fairly soon, so. A Godzilla TV series is in development from Apple and Legendary Pictures. Early details indicate it'll be like a reverse Power Rangers, where Godzilla kills a different group of teenagers with attitude every week. Michael Mann has shared details about the sequel novel to his classic film, Heat. Most interestingly, Pacino and De Niro never appear on the same page at the same time. Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley is coming to HBO Max and Hulu in February. Finally, we can find out whether or not this movie is about what it's like to work with Kirstie Alley. (laughs) (laughs) Director Adam McKay says the inclusion of a real phone sex hotline and Don't Look Up was an accident. Just like all the weird stuff in his search history if his wife asks. Guiding Light actor Michael O'Leary has signed on to play a character named Dr. Mathis in Halloween Ends. Hopefully he's the kind of doctor who can put this series out of our misery. Seriously. Too far. And Gary Rice and Gaden Matarazzo are going to star in the comedy Honor Society. The comedy part being how little your academic accomplishments will matter once you're tossed out into the cold, unforgiving darkness of the adult world. Oh, it's too close to home. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe has signed on to play Weird Al Yankovic in a new biopic about the musician's life. I personally can't wait until the crusty old man who teaches him accordion gives Weird Al his name by saying, You're a weirdo, Alfred? Green Goblin actor Willem Dafoe has delighted fans who have often fancast him as the Joker by saying he has an idea for a Joker sequel that involves Joaquin Phoenix and a second Joker. Unfortunately, Defoe thinks Jared Leto should play the second one. (laughs) How awful. Joss Whedon has finally opened up about the troubled Justice League reshoots and misconduct allegations in a recent interview. Whedon's attempt to clear his name seemed to have the opposite effect, as his critics have been even harder on him since the interview was released. That said, there's at least one person who won't be talking shit about Joss. The kid from the pond when Joss was five! (laughs) Isn't that crazy how they just bury that in the story? I missed that. What was that? What's that all about? So when he was five, he was playing with some kid at like this pond, like near his parents' house and the kid drowned. And apparently the kid was found days later. And Joss learned late, remembered later that he was playing with a kid and got bored and walked away. And then the kid drowned. Oh my God. And it's just like in the story, it's just in the interview in this completely nonchalant way. And the way that he's so nonchalant about it, it's just like, um. Extremely telling. Wow. All right, that's it for news. Let's move on to new releases. New and limited theaters and on VOD is Rifkin's Festival. A married American couple go to the San Sebastian Festival and get caught up in the magic of the event, the beauty and charm of the city, and the fantasy of movies. The comedy is written and directed by Woody Allen, who you may know for being weirdly impervious to legitimate allegations, and stars Wallace Shawn, Alina Anaya, Louis Garrel, Gina Gershon, Sergi Lopez, and Christoph Waltz. Every time I see he's making another movie, I'm like, he's still making movies? I know. Yeah. Why? No, thank you. <laughs> New and Limited Theaters is Sundown. Neil and Alice Bennett are the core of a wealthy family on vacation in Mexico until a distant emergency cuts their trip short. When one relative disrupts the family's tight-knit order, simmering tensions rise to the fore. The drama is written and directed by Michelle Franco and art directed by Georgiana Coca, which Wikipedia specifies for some reason. It stars <laughs> Tim Roth, Charlotte Gainsborough, Iaia Larios, Henry Goodman, Albertine Codding McMillan, and Samuel Bottomley. Not to be confused with Sam Toppersley. <laughs> Bottomley. <laughs> New in limited theaters and on VOD is The Requin? I think The Requin, yeah. 
The Requin. Like sequin. <laughs> <laughs> a couple on a romantic getaway find themselves stranded at sea when a tropical storm sweeps away their villa. In order to survive, they are forced to fight the elements while sharks circle below. The horror thriller is written and directed by Levan Kiet and stars Alicia Silverstone and James Tupper. James, you'll be late for Tupper. <laughs> I wonder if Alicia Silverstone is still baby birding her children food. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Do you that. remember that? She like pre-chewed it and then like, you know, oh my put god. it in their mouth. Thank you for reminding me. Like mouth to mouth. That's pretty weird. I mean, to each his own. Right. But... New in limited theaters is Clean. Tormented by his past, a garbage man named Clean attempts to quiet... <laughs> what a name for a garbage man. Attempts a quiet life of redemption, but soon finds himself forced to reconcile with the violence of his past. The crime drama mystery thriller is directed by Paul Solette and written by Solette and Adrian Brody. It stars Adrian Brody, who you may know for getting the part in Predators that I strongly believe should have gone to Tom Jane, Glenn Fleshler... <laughs> Richie Merritt, Chandler Dupont, and McKelty Williamson and the Rizza. Or is it Rizza? <laughs> I can't remember if it's the or The Rizza, the Jizza, the Ghostface Killer. <laughs> Come on, the Wu Tang clan. <laughs> New on Netflix is Home Team. The story about New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton coaching his son's sixth grade football team when Payton was suspended for the entire twenty twelve season as a result of his role in the Saints Bounty Gate scandal. The sports comedy is directed by Charles and Daniel Kinane and written by Chris Titone and Keith Bloom. Inspired by actual events, the film stars Kevin James, Taylor Lautner, Rob Schneider, Jackie Sandler, and Tate Bloom. <laughs> wow, what a cast. I know. <laughs> it's definitely a Happy Madison production. All right, that's it for new releases, which means it's time for What Did We Watch This Week? It came out in November of last year, but this week we watched The Eternals! The Saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. Eternals is a 2021 American super film hit... Super film. Superhero film based on the Marvel Comics race of the same name. It is the 26th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The film is directed by Chloe Zhao, who wrote the screenplay with Patrick Burley, Ryan Furpo, and Kaz Furpo. It stars an ensemble cast, including Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Camille Nanjiani, Leah McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, Lauren Ridloff, Barry Coogan... Don Lee, Harish Patel, Kit Harrington, Sama Hayek, and Angelina Jolie. <sighs> so as a warning, I'm sure there will be spoilers as we discuss Eternals. So if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this, watch the movie, and come back. Otherwise, let's dig right in. So, Matt and Tim, what are your favorite things about Eternals? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so favorite things. <laughs> um, I enjoyed how it looked. I feel like I liked how it seemed like it was filmed in actual locations more than yeah. other um, Marvel movies. And it seemed like the sun was always either rising or setting or like low in the sky. And it was very pretty mm -hmm. while they were all just standing there, <laughs> you know, looking being eternal, stoic. fighting, like yeah. being stoic, being eternal, like. Going back and forth about what to do. I don't know it, what to do. Maybe what not to do. <laughs> it it was act that was that you, you're right, Matt. It was filmed in a, a lot of more physical locations than most Marvel movies. Uh, Chloe Zhao insisted, um, which I thought was a good. Which was good. It was nice to see a movie that actually like a Marvel movie that had actual like locations cinematography because typically the movies look so weird because they're just lit for these like green screen environments and then things mm. are put in. So it it, it felt more like real than the other movies so I, I like that too yeah so i like that okay <laughs> i mean uh I, I liked don i mean i'm always happy when i see don lee it would be nice to see don lee in a movie where yeah. he doesn't die um i only mentioned that because train to busan heroic death mm. this movie heroic death i forgot he was in train to busan yeah i i i, I don't i haven't seen the good the bad and the weird maybe he doesn't die in that i hope <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, move boy. Um, <laughs> costumes, costumes are cool. Um, costumes are cool. Costumes are cool. Um, what else is cool? 
The effects of the powers were overall cool. Like, I like the gold, like, yeah. Yeah. rings. Yeah, I like yeah, that, I too. think it's definitely a, a cool way to convey, like, like their whole thing is they're channeling cosmic energy, like, creation yeah. itself. Um, yeah. So, I think that was a really unique way of doing it, of, like, these super delicate-looking, you know, it looks like wireframes. Yeah. Um, mm. But, you know, they pack a real punch because cosmic. <laughs> um, I... I do like, for the record, it is very well known. The Eternals are probably the most boring Marvel heroes because they are so unknowable. Right. That being because of the very nature of the whole concept. Yeah. Uh, That being said, uh, I do think many of the performances of them did a really good job of making them interesting. Like, again, Don Lee, Kumal. Brian Tyree Henry. Yep. Uh, I mean, uh, even Angelina Jolie, like they gave these characters depth, which is, I think difficult considering the source material. I agree. I thought the cast in general did a good job considering how, yeah, like how unrelatable they, they theoretically should have been. Yeah. Right. I thought that was good. And, and yeah, one of the things I was going to say is I was really surprised. I don't really typically like Angelina Jolie. I, I have nothing against her, but I to me she is an eternal. She's just like I never really seen right. her as a real person. Yeah, she, she's a she's she's a quote unquote movie star. Yeah, right? but I I was actually shocked by how much I liked her in this. Like I it was the most I've liked her in anything for in a long time. I thought she was really good, and I thought it was clear she was really good in the fight scenes and and all that stuff. I yeah yeah she was well cast for that character. Yeah, I was I was worried. To be honest, when she was cast in this movie, because like she's fucking big deal. What's she doing, quote unquote, slumming it in a Marvel movie? Which it's, <laughs> yeah. you're not slumming it in a Marvel movie. Let's be perfectly clear. No matter what your opinion is of the MCU at large and what it's doing to cinema, I don't care. But it is a big deal. Yeah. But I feel like because she's this otherworldly being, she is a quote unquote movie star. What is she doing in this movie? But yeah, she 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 found the role meaty and she gave it depth and she she took it seriously like as a really great professional it just somehow seemed beneath her but she fit right in i i think her being kind of almost like a supporting character helped uh good point yeah maybe she she didn't feel the need to like ground the movie around her as much she maybe she felt more comfortable and maybe that's why she was a little better i but i yeah i i, I thought she was actually really good and i didn't think i would like her in this Overall, the cast was, I would say all of them were pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. With what they were given. Yeah. They, they handled their characters well, especially Richard Madden. Yeah. He was very stoic and calm and scary. Yes. It's a little bit like, a little bit like Homelander, a little bit like Superman. I felt like, a, it might be like a controversial thing to say, but I feel like he was very influenced by like Zack Snyder's version of Superman. Yeah. The Superman that will demolish an entire whole of yeah. Metropolis fighting one dude. Like, I, I, that's what I, I feel like Richard Madden definitely, like, watched those movies to prepare for mm. it. But I, I thought he was great. I thought he was very good in it. Oh, did you have something else, Matt? No, I'm just wondering when to take the gloves off. <laughs> um, we'll get there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, I like some of the same stuff you guys mentioned. Um, I like the cast. For, I, I thought they were good. I, I, I like Kumil Nanjiani a lot, um, mainly for uh, Silicon Valley. Um, and I, I thought he was really good here and funny and relatable. I like the whole relationship with his driver. His valet. His valet. His valet. My bad. Maybe you're right. I thought I thought that guy was 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 funny and and uh, relatable. I like that whole relationship. Um, I <laughs> I thought the movie was pretty funny at points in a in a good way. Like I thought a lot of the humor was more character based instead of like quippy cringy humor i mean i I guess maybe it could be that too but maybe it just seemed more grounded to me but like when he changed the beer into saliva beer for uh, (laughs) don lee's character and and he's and you just hear him yeah you just hear in the corner you just hear camille in the background say i thought you'd like it and like and then like he's like i've directed some things too and they're like what and he's like some internet content and he's like how many views and he's like doesn't matter how many views and then like you hear him go like druid sucks (laughs) <laughs> I like that. I liked him talking about Thor and how mm-hmm. like Thor like used to follow him around when he was younger. Um, so that made me like be like, oh, I, I actually it would be pretty cool to see Thor 
like walking around and and sucking up to one of these Eternals. That'd be pretty funny. Sorry to interrupt. I will say again, a positive thing is this is a difficult movie to adapt in the current MCU continuity. Yeah. Because you're yeah. introducing completely new characters that have supposedly been there the entire time. Yeah. That which which I'm sure we'll get to when we get further down because it's yeah. that's a that's definitely a problematic part of the movie. But I think that, you know, they did a good job. I mean, for, for what they had to do. Yeah, for, for the most was. part. I, I, I only really had a problem with one part of it, but we'll we'll get there. Um I, but as I said, I thought the production design was was good. This the costumes Remember originally we were like, I don't know about the costumes. I think what it is is they're very, I feel like they're more fantasy influenced. Like all the designs are more fantasy influenced than sci-fi mm. slash modern yeah. superhero influenced. Like I feel like this is more of a Marvel movie for people who like like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that more than like sci-fi. I can see that. But, but that's just me. Uh, maybe c- conveying that whole, you can't tell the difference between magic and technology sometimes when it's so advanced. Yeah, yeah, but and it was cool. It's just, you know, uh, I definitely got more of a fantasy vibe from it. Um, and I will say, and this is all this is all spoilers, obviously, for the end of the movie, but we warned everyone the this is from the comics, but I forgot about it until they mentioned the movie. But the planet, the Earth being an incubator for a celestial was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And the 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 head and hand popping out of the fucking earth yes. was was pretty awesome and i especially like yeah. that apparently that's going to be there it's a permanent feature. as like a landmark going forward right but what i worry it's gonna be the marvel hand wavy thing of like how they ignored like that random place in i forget what state in guardians of the galaxy 2 exploding because of oh yeah he yeah. goes stuff like there's so many things that happen that they're just like don't worry about it we'll never talk about it again i I'm hoping it's the it's the equivalent of CHA being on the moon yes. in the Tick cartoon. Yes, that I, I hope that's what it is. That would be very good. I also like the celestial showing up at Earth at the end, and the the image of you seeing this giant monster in the skyline, yeah. like staring at the planet. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that was very neat. But that's about it for our favorite things for me. Should we move on to honorable mentions if we have any? Yeah. <laughs> You guys got any honorable mentions? I thought that the um, the inclusiveness of the casting choices and who they, you know, played was... I thought it was both cool and good and nice, but almost a little, like, forced. Yeah. Like, was it forced? Was it a little too much? Um, I don't think any of the characters suffered for it. But no, I wonder no. about the motivations for it. Yeah, yeah. And there, I mean, I don't really know if there has to be any real like motivate. Like people can just be people, and right. you know. But I thought you felt was like it was a corporal, cool. a corporate checkbox that they're like, oh, we got to do this. I think, yeah, <laughs> possibly. I mean, I'm a, I'm sure that's exactly what it was, but it was still nice to see, uh, you know. I, yeah, and I think it was great. A deaf woman, uh, a gay black yeah. man, you know, like superhero, you know, you know quote superheroes. Um, but I think yeah. Makari is deaf in the comics now as well. I think that seed's been planted. Oh, I think that seed has been planted before. Okay. But it was revolutionary in the fact that they actually cast a deaf actor as opposed to just being like, yeah. hey, look, it's, uh, it's Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, they didn't just Forrest Gump it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess my honorable mentions would go out to, uh, oh boy, I thought I thought something would come to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, honestly, um, I mean, honestly, you just started the sentence and hope that it would fill it in. I felt like I had something, and you know what? Like, <laughs> I, I guess I really don't. I mean, yeah. uh, my wife said something very poignant, which is, she says, "Well, Tim, the good news is even women directors can make mediocre films." <laughs> Uh, I guess. I mean, it's true. I'm sorry to say, it. yeah, it's a mediocre film. I was, I was thinking this while I was watching it. I, I think Chloe Zhao is 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 clearly like a good director, and I think that working with the Marvel machine because it is very much very, a production line. Very controlled. You know, that's that's why Edgar Wright didn't do Ant Man. Yeah, it's. That's why yeah. that there's been turnover a lot of the times when movies are being made. It's it's a production line, and 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 if you don't work with that, if you don't know how to work with it, you don't necessarily get the best results out of it. And I feel like 
Chloe Zhao was a surprising choice for this. So I feel like maybe working with the the marvelness of the movie was hard for her, um, as I think it is for several filmmakers. So I, I feel like the movie probably suffered between the pull of how the kind of movie Chloe Zhao wanted to make and the kind of movie Marvel wanted her to make. That's true. That's what I'm going to guess was probably the thing that worked most against this movie because I there were parts of it that felt very unmarvel, very that felt very real and tactile that I liked. Yeah. But then when you had the more Marvel type scenes with these like deviants and all this CGI, it felt more out of place than in the other Marvel movies. Mm. You know, like it, the movie was kind of almost better when it was boring. But then when there was stuff happening, you weren't that invested because it felt almost like a different movie, or at least it did to me. It almost felt like two movies. That was kind of weird. On that tip, then, I would say my honorable mention was Chloe's out strength of making an interesting character study when she was able to. Right. You know, like... Right. The character moments, I think, were strong. They're very strong. Cena and Gilgamesh, you know, just... Yeah. Hanging out for hundreds, maybe thousands of years, keeping her well-being at the forefront, you know, and stuff like that. Like, that was great. The moment with Icarus realizing that he doesn't have it in him to kill uh, Circe mm-hmm. um, and goes against what he believes in to keep to save her. And he played that really well. I thought it was well done. I, I thought Gemma Chan's character was, was likable very quickly, is. which is not easy to do. Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah. it... it it's it was just almost like I don't know. It was it was just like a weird balance that I thought I think would anyone would struggle with, and I just think that the movie kind of suffered for it. And it was also kind of weird, like I was wondering why I should care about such a separate story that doesn't have an impact on the larger world. It was almost like a, a since these are like almost like since the MCU is kind of like serialized storytelling, like TV. Mm. It was almost like one of those filler episodes of a show, you know, like when they do like, oh, this one, we're in an alternate reality because someone has a dream. And <laughs> and it, like where you have, whereas you have like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which are separate, but they're just so fun that you don't really care sure. that they're separate and they became relevant as they went on. Whereas this one, there's not supposed to be a sequel. Nope. It's just like, here are these characters who are here this whole time, but apparently have almost nothing to do with anything. So it, it, it was odd. It was like connected, but not connected enough. I, I just think the balance was really bizarre in this movie. On that note, I don't know how true that is about it never intending to have a sequel. You know? I mean, maybe it was, but I, I know some of the characters are definitely going to turn up in other things. I was going to say they have to. You can't make this movie, introduce these characters and not have them show up again, especially with a huge dangling like yeah dangling sentence kid, kid with, harrington's character is definitely coming oh, back for, well we're not yeah duh but like it's like hey it's black knight everybody um i think we'll see celestials again uh i've heard we're gonna see icarus again sure even though icarus flew close to the sun i know did he like kill himself That's at the it, end is it's that implied, what that was yes. yeah it's implied no but but yeah i mean maybe they could bring him back because the whole celestial um factory of eternals <laughs> Right, right. That's true. Like, maybe there's another Icarus. Right. They're kind of like, they're not robots. They're not Cylons from the Battlestar Galactica reboot. I would say <laughs> uh, they're kind of like Warforged in a and d reference sort of way. And the fact that they're this weird line between robot and something with a soul. They're putties. They're just the putties from, from Mighty Power Warfare. Rangers. <laughs> they, were, they were built and then Rita powered them up. Yeah, now they're now they're living. Cursed homunculi who have a huge weak spot in the middle of their chest. That's right. They punch them, they just whoop, turn back into a coin. <laughs> um, and yeah, like one of my honorable mentions was I thought the design of the creatures, the like deviants? the deviants, I thought it was technically good, but like I, it, it, it's this thing that I come back to a lot with uh, the advent of CGI creatures. I understand the interest in giving characters different proportions because we can Mm. with cgi and it sets the creatures apart but it also makes our eyes find them more inherently fake 
And yeah. I thought like the final evolved deviant leader Crow. looked a lot like a Michael Bay Transformer for some reason. Crow did it was the face for sure. That it would do that. Yeah. And the four eyes. It looked yeah. It was also Marvel. I just always come back to just because you can make these creatures th- these characters look completely differently proportioned doesn't mean that it will make them look better. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, and it was also another Marvel movie like, hey, look, here's Crow. This, this guy could be an interesting character. Nope, he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, that would be interesting to have him evolve more. I thought one thing I thought it was like, oh, I wonder if they kept it secret that this deviant uh, evolves into an, an existing character. Right. I mean, you know, I was like, I- I'm sure there's like a dozen random Marvel characters out there that they could do a different take on that he was this evolved deviant. But no. Right. I mean. Crow's whole, Crow's whole <laughs> shtick in the comics is like he's mistaken for the devil and other like mytho- mythological oh. creatures throughout the years. And then you have. That's pretty cool. And, and yeah, and just to portray him as like, look, it's Crow. Oh, he's, he's cut into bits. <laughs> um, yeah, and to my last two, well, possibly last one, we'll see. Uh, I know what mentions is this had a sex scene in it. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. That was very yeah, a Marvel movie I with mean, a sex scene. That's huge. I. I there was barely. No, no. There was even a little. There was thrusting. barely a thrust. There was like a little thrust. It wasn't Listen, even. I for mean, Disney, very subtle. Huge. It's Disney. It's, yeah. That's a big deal. Because I, I, I mean, I haven't seen a sex scene in a in a MCU movie yet, right? I don't recall any. No, I don't. No. I, I don't remember. There, there's been like. Uh, Tony Stark and and Pepper implied that they were going to have sex, and then you see them is w- sleeping in bed after. But that's that's it. I can't think of any other time that I've seen it. I was like, holy shit! You don't see anybody. You don't see yeah. anybody mid coitus, and then this is what this right, movie right. did. Now yeah. we're just gonna ramp it up until we get uh, penetration <laughs> in, in MCU. Um, Full frontal. Do you guys have any other uh, honorable mentions? Nah, nah. <laughs> All right. So what didn't you like about Eternals? Was there anything that confused you? Many things confused <laughs> me. Um, I, I, it was, yeah, it was just very, well, the, the, the opening crawl, I was like, oh yeah, if, if this movie gets an opening crawl, that's a, that's already a bad <laughs> sign. If like, you need to already give me information that way. Yeah, it's kind of like narration, voiceover. You're kind of like, ugh. Yeah, right. and and I, I found all the flashbacks to be. I mean, I don't. I I, I almost wish the movie had been like two movies and maybe one movie of just them in the past. Yeah, and then this movie. Mm. That's not a bad idea. It almost felt like they did this. Not because they really wanted to make this movie, but because they wanted to just set one single thing up. What's you know? Like, yeah, I I feel like in a year or so we'll be like, oh well, <laughs> thank God they made the Eternals because of because of this. It can't be setting up Black Knight, right? I mean, it's not just that, but you know what I mean. It's got to be like something about Celestials or something. Yeah, it, it just felt like such a pit stop, you know. Yeah, I mean, if they're not setting up Celestials as the next, you know, existential threat, feel it would feel weird because right, this is the most we see of the Celestials in the MCU at all. Before it was the severed floating head in Guardians of the Galaxy in nowhere, and that was a yep. Celestial, and then Kurt Russell is Ego, the Living Planet Celestial, and then now we're getting to the good Jack Kirby weirdness of the designs, right? Right. Okay, we gotta do more with it, fellas. I know. Like now we have these giant space monsters who could crush Earth like Unicron. Like <laughs> that's that sounds awesome to me. I'll I'll watch that. But I I just yeah, yeah it, it 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 felt watching the whole movie for for a movie that seems like it's more about setting up future things than actually giving us a satisfying journey with these characters we're supposed to care about. It was surprisingly long, and we had to pay attention to a surprising amount of things. Yes. There was a moment at the end of the movie, I I, <laughs> I think when, like, the volcanoes erupting, and then, um, like, what I didn't realize were, were fingers coming out of the ocean, <laughs> were fingers, mm-hmm. like... Um, Tiamat's hand. And they kind of look yep. like, and they kind of look like dicks, but besides <laughs> that... Um, <laughs> Like, I, like, stopped for a moment, and I was like, 
wait, what's happening again? <laughs> like, I, I like, I like, it just got to this point where I was just like, I don't, I don't know. And I've been paying attention, but I also don't really care. And the flashbacks I felt were detrimental to the forward momentum. Yeah. Of, like, it was just like, it, it just killed the you know, pacing story that was happening in the present to just cut away to those moments. Yeah. There was, they were just trying to do a lot and it was a very, it was such a mix of different tones and for a movie that was like two and a half hours long. And for a movie that dealt with such epic subject matter, it was just like kind of boring. Yeah it's basically look i'm watching a movie about play we're watching a place setting two hours of place setting of where mcu is going to go next is right yeah 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 and one of the things that's weird and that like as you put it like there there's it was kind of surprisingly boring in a way for something that's had such a major threat one of the things i thought was so weird about it is that it asked us to accept two things which and the first one they worked hard to try to make us accept but then they left the second thing open one, we have to accept that these people were here the whole time that the Avengers yeah. were dealing with shit and they had, they couldn't interfere. Okay, fine. They made it very clear that they're not supposed to interfere. The people need to advance, blah, blah, blah. But where the fuck are the Avengers when there's a giant dude popping out of the earth? Well, I know. Yeah. Well, you know, again, like, is... there's this, I know. That, the fact that I know. this major event is taking place and the only people who seem to have any knowledge of it are the Eternals who we just met. Yes. And like Fatos, Fastos, Fastos's son sees, I think, Icarus on the television. Yeah. So like, if he's seen Icarus on the television, then. Well, no, that was from the first, that was for the scene in London. Yeah. Right, but you know, you it was just so weird to ask us, it was one thing to ask us to accept that these people were here when the Avengers, you know, right. but it was another thing entirely to then ask us to accept that all these superheroes that we've gotten to know for 20 plus movies are just like, hanging out. I know. You know? Well, like, well, I mean, that's just it though, right? We're in that MCU transition, the Avengers don't exist right now. Right. I'm surprised that they didn't throw like a couple in there, just right? For, like, like, like I, just like little bits. You at know? this point, I believe I'm assuming uh, uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, is around, mm -hmm. and uh, Winter Soldier is around. We have Hawkeye is still is still kicking. We have Ant Man, Doctor Strange. We have Spider Man, Doctor Strange. We have. I mean, obviously things are changing with this, but we have Black Panther, we have Wakanda, we have, yeah. you know, like, we have all these people who we've been told for all these movies have these almost unlimited resources and abilities, and somehow they missed this? Yeah, and S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield has become S.W.O.R.D. at this point, like, right. canonically. Exactly, S.W.O.R.D.? S.W.O.R.D.'s job is this. Yes, I know. <laughs> so, so, so Nick Fury's up in a spaceship with a bunch of scrolls or whatever and he does none of them are like oh yeah you guys ever heard about celestials Nick fury there there's one of them in your planet by the way you know or, or like someone no one's up there with a satellite seeing a hand coming out of the planet like i understand that it seemed like this is what they had to do to make the movie work but yes. it's just it made the stakes seem so small and there was something so weird about a giant being crashing its way out of earth and feeling like that small stakes yeah yeah that shouldn't be small stakes that should be massive stakes and it just felt like this very contained event that only these people were aware of and it just it just felt weird it just kind of like de depleted the effect of it like what i said earlier i really hope they touch back on the fact that the corpse of tiamat has is in the Indian Ocean right now. And I hope right. this becomes a thing that is at least mentioned in passing, besides all the other non-adventure events that get ignored. Yeah. Like, only the only big things that are ever mentioned are Avengers-related. Yeah. Right. Like, Avengers-level you know? threat, as they say. Yeah, well, fucking Ego detonating a freaking world seed in <laughs> wherever the hell America never mentioned again. Right. Uh, you right. know, I mean, come on. But I mean, it, it's it's the same. It, I like Captain Marvel. It's the same problem with Captain Marvel. 
she's active in the 90s. Yeah. And they never talk about like that. It's And that's the, the difficult thing about introducing these characters retroactively somehow in the past. Like, it makes sense. Like, yeah. Watching this movie, I mean, you guys know how much I love my X-Men, but I... <laughs> Like, watching this movie made me very worried about how they're going to bring in I the know. X-Men, you Mutants know, in, in the future. Just in yeah. general, because it's it will be a similar thing like like this. Like, we'll be talking about this when that movie comes right. out, you know? Well, they, they already swept the Inhumans under the rug. Yeah, they did. And, like... Yeah. So. And again, like, I, I understand it's story mechanics. They have to do what they have to do. And that's right. why the Avengers weren't involved. I, I get it. But I it's not so much that I don't understand. It's that I'm just like, you realize that by doing it this way, you're making this major event feel smaller than it is. Yeah, because we don't see it affecting people. We it's it, it doesn't it doesn't kill anyone. It doesn't harm anyone. It's just just these people we just met. And so it just makes it just like lowers the stakes. And it, it, it was just kind of just kind of made the ending feel kind of anticlimactic. And I can't believe I'm saying that because the idea of someone crashing out of the planet sounds awesome to me. It is awesome. Because right. it is awesome. It is. And I just couldn't believe that I wasn't like feeling it more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that says it all. Right, right. I would like to talk about um, how weird it was that... What the hell's his name? Um, ba, 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 Kingo just, like, splits at, like... Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, just peace, guys. I, 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 I like you, but I can't help you with this. And then he's just back at the very end. Yep. Yeah, like, I was confused about that. Like, helping Sprite move into college or, like, whatever she's doing. Yeah, it's like, listen, guys... Astrum is important to me. I believe that the all-knowing eternal, the celestial judge, uh, I believe in this thing, but you know what? I also don't want to fight. Oh, that's it. right. I forgot that's what he did. Yeah, he's that like, was he's weird. Like, yeah, he's like, yeah, it's like Ashram is right, but also uh, I'm not going to fight you guys, so I, I step back. I, I wonder if he originally died at the end. And they added that in because they decided they wanted to keep him around for something else. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I don't know. Just theorizing. Because, again, yeah, that, that it's pretty random. Like, now now we're like, oh, we're supposed to like you. You're the only one who didn't involve himself in this. I know. Like, it was such a <laughs> cop-out after the whole movie having him be, like, this, like, pretty badass, but also, like, comic relief, like, super mm-hmm. likable, like hero who helps everybody yeah. until like the very end and it's just like bye <laughs> I just uh, thought that's that a good was point weird. I didn't think of that it is, no it is very strange I mean was he part of the Unimind since the Unimind event basically took everybody against their will like because Icarus was a part of the Unimind even though yeah. he was very much against it yeah it didn't show him during that was I don't King, know. yeah but was like Kingo half like in the ship somewhere yeah. just all suddenly oh I'm part of it I know good question I, I, I don't know but I'm also happy they freaking got to say some bonkers like 1960s Marvel bullshit like Unimind in the movie. So that's fun. Right, right. I like the wackiness of it, but it was yeah. so great. But again, it was talking about the, the, the shifting tones. It had all this yes. wacky Kirby-esque stuff, but the movie was so like reserved. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like Kirby was not reserved. No. Oh, my God. No. Kirby it was the opposite. Very much. The actual Ben Grimm in real life. I know. I know. I, I'm I'm curious who ends up getting to play him. Yeah. Uh, some other things I didn't really like about this movie is uh, for a group of super beings built to kill deviants who have killed all of them on this planet before and countless times on other planets. They seem to be having an incredibly hard time killing deviants. I know. <laughs> it was rather strange. Except yeah. for like the super strong guy, Crow. Yeah. Crow. Like I, I understand that they were like one of them was. Uh, you know, evolving a uh, 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 crow and, and the other ones he seemingly helped like power up a little bit too, but they were having a lot of trouble and yeah. they're like the experts on killing deviants. I thought that was a little strange. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's because they've been rusty for 500 years. Could be that that was honestly, that's one of the things I thought of is that they, they were rusty at this point, but, but I, the audience member should not be having to make that assumption. Exactly. There's no. a lot of assumptions the, the, the movie a put a lot of work on us, I would say at yeah. times. 
I didn't speaking of the you know the end and 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 uh, Black Knight and everything. I didn't love the Blade cameo. <laughs> you mean his voice? Yeah, in that it was just his voice. They clearly just ADR'd him into a scene. You know, if you're gonna do that, you, you you can't you can't throw Mahershala Ali in front of a green screen real quick and give us like that. I don't know. That just like kind of that was kind of annoying. So like, what's the deal? Like the thing that Kit Harrington was the it, yeah. it was it called the Black Blade Ebony Dark, Blade Ebony Blade, and it's it's like the dark counterpart to Excalibur. Yep. And it it has Blade has had some connections to it through like a, the Darkhold or whatever, which is the book in WandaVision, uh. if I remember correctly. So it, it made sense for Blade to show up and I'm excited for more Blade, but it just felt like such a it just felt kind of forced to me. I will yeah. say that I was glad that Kit Harrington didn't look like he was going to cry the whole time in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he had a minimal presence as well. Yeah. And he was fine. Yeah, he was fine. All I could ever, all I thought of when I heard he was going to be in this was like, oh man, the guy's always, the guy always looks like he's about to burst into tears. Like, I I don't, I don't know how I'm going to feel about him being like this Black Knight character, but I thought he was good. I really, I I, I really, Richard Madden, he was, he was in uh, Game of Thrones, right? Right. Yeah, both of them were, yeah. Yeah, so like, I really know why they were cast as siblings ish in uh, game of thrones because honest to god i might have a touch of face blindness <laughs> because i would keep confusing kit harrington and richard madden i don't know why i don't know how but that's what i was doing fascinating and my last thing that i didn't really like is i thought sprite's wig was real bad very distracting that was like a really bad wig <laughs> honestly very, though, very we- distracting <laughs> We've seen Let There Be Carnage, and I thought that it was okay. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. It wasn't Let There. Be, it wasn't Carnage bad, but it was. It was bad for a movie that otherwise looked pretty expensive. Oh, for sure. I thought that the um, one of the other problematic aspects of them is like, I know they're supposed to just let, like, it's interesting that they that you know, back through time, like, they would assist humanity, like, in their upward, you know, evolution, you know, like, technology-wise, you know, Rastos, you know, with the plow and stuff. But the scene at Hiroshima was, I thought that was very poorly, the addition of that was not in very good taste for me. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 just so like they'll help them you know it's like they help humanity with all these things and then when it goes wrong they can't help them and then you like start thinking about all the awful things that happened like right. throughout history and it's just an interesting you know i don't know like if you're gonna introduce if you're gonna have a scene like that in the movie don't just have it be a throwaway scene like that's yeah. that's yeah. an entire that's an entire plot on its own Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I actually, I didn't know about the celestial coming out of the planet originally. I assumed, mm-hmm. I kind of foolishly assumed the story was about how the Eternals kind of split between people who decided they wanted to start making the planet better and people who continue to want to not interfere. And maybe some of the people, like maybe like Icarus or something, would take interfering too strongly and maybe do too much. And maybe get kind of, you know, fascist or something or authoritarian. Like, that's kind of the story I thought the movie was going to be about. And so when I saw the whole Hiroshima thing, I was like, okay, okay. But then I was just like, oh, no, that was just like there to explain why why Tyree Henry isn't like hanging around. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just like, oh, we need to quick. How does fastest lose faith in humanity? (laughs) Ignore all the other genocides throughout history, fellas. Right. It just, Um, yeah. Again, it's, it's the balance of the movie. The movie was a really, really tough balance. It is. It's like it's like the Holocaust stuff that is in the X Men movies. Like it's just cringy, you know. It's just not really not appropriate for me. I disagree. I think it was very. I think it's very important to Magneto's origin. But well, that's for Mag- just me. sorry, I thought it was good in the in in uh, the first X Men with Magneto. I think yeah the. The uh, I remember finding the flashback to him being like trained by 
uh, Kevin Bacon's character or whatever in First Class to be weirdly. I thought that was kind of yeah, cringy that, and exploitive. Yeah, yeah, Although yeah. I did love Magneto hunting Nazis. Oh, absolutely. I know that was good, actually. But it's but it's one of those things where if you're going to use real life tragedies for a story, it, it it really has to be either fully explored or really have to feel important, not just a throwaway th- scene to show right. that a character is sad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> to like, how do we show that he lost motivation? Let's remind everyone about this horrible event that occurred. Yeah. Let's make this event about this character. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, ignore the fact that Eternals can't be stabbed and killed that way, but also they're in the middle of a radioactive hot zone. It's fine. Right, right. I, yeah. Space robots. Space magic robots. Space putties. Um. Space putty. <laughs> I just want to um, pick a bone with Pip the Troll. Oh, my God. How I bad completely forgot looked. about that. Like, he looked what? terrible. Terrible. Is that how he's yeah. going to, like... Like it might get it might get better. You uh, could I know. Like Patrick I like Oswald. did a double take. Like it's like what is this? It was yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. You know what? And like I'll throw this out there. Why not just have Patton Oswald play him? I know, that's what I'm saying. Like why not just make him a, a short dude? He doesn't have to be like an actual troll or anything. If like, you like, could have him play him as you know, and just like shrink him a little bit. Like Yeah, I mean, Lord of the Rings him. Also, is 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 the the One Direction dude also uh, eternal? Like who's uh, yeah. he? Star Fox. Star Fox. Yeah. He's Thanos's brother or Eros. He has a couple different names. Yeah, he, basically, he's the eternal that goes around and just like stups the universe because he's just like <laughs> I'm going to do my own thing. Also, you look good. You look good. Let's fuck. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, well, that's cool. I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's the it sex. Is. Eternal. I mean, I think. Yeah. I, is, I don't know if he's eternal in the comics, but he's a, definitely a titan in the comics, which yeah, is what Thanos yeah. is supposed to be. Mm. And there is like um, a connection between the Eternals and Titans and in titans the comics, and, but yeah. I, I, I've never been good with the cosmic Marvel stuff, so I I don't want to speak wrongly. I don't remember for sure. Right, right, right. Regardless, I want to see more Star Fox and his chaotic energy, because that's the other thing. They got to give Star Fox chaotic. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want energy, because that's right. his thing. And I do think yeah. Harry Styles is a good choice for him. I I, I thought he was I think fine. So. But yeah, yeah, that whole thing was brought down by this like 1997 CGI uh, pip. It, it was just so awkward. Not good. Mm-hmm. Not good. I also think it was a little bit unfair to not comic nerds anymore of like throwing Star Fox and Pip in there, and people are going to be like, "What? I know <laughs> who? Huh? Why? What?" What do you mean, brother of Thanos? He doesn't have a weird chin, scrotum chin. I know. Chin. I, I know. Why does he be look very normal? <laughs> well, be- because Thanos was an outliner, outlier for sure. But anyway, at least some at least some people will be excited because it's Harry Styles. Yeah, <laughs> half the audience is like Star Fox, and then other people are like Harry Styles. <laughs> so down to the important question. Would you guys give any random aesthetic choices in Eternals a breaky award in honor of the Windbreakers and the Neil Blancamp movie Demonic? Yes, I would. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Hands, hands down. Anything that Kamal's character uh, wore, actually, mm. no, Kamal's movie posters throughout his story <laughs> career—they were pretty cool. They were, yeah, good. they were so, good. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's my great great grandfather. That's my great grandfather. Yeah, I love those posters. They were, they, they were, were good, very and nice. they were perfect Shut for the different time frames. And I like the whole explanation mm-hmm. of of how he's in, you know, a, a legacy. That was that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. Anything for you, Matt? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I kind of just, I was surprised <laughs> at how much, because when I first saw stuff about this movie, I was like, those costumes look stupid. <laughs> but, but I actually really liked them. I, I, I yeah, thought the they costumes grew on me too. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'll say just in general. Look up what Icarus's costume is in the comic books and then maybe you'll be like, oh, it's not so bad. Yeah, compared yeah, to how the extreme sure they're goofy. original costumes, they're they're fairly decent interpretations. I I liked, I, I'd give a breaky to the gold energy design stuff. I, I thought that was really cool. Um, and But I would really give a breaky yeah. to Tiamat's head and fingers coming out of the planet. <laughs> That's just, it's that was so, just so cool yeah. looking. Yeah, it, it was cool. cool. 
That was pretty great. Is it marble now? I forget what did they ever explain. It looks like marble. I, I I don't okay. know. I don't think she explained it, but it certainly looked like marble. It's cool. Regardless, it's cool. I know. Yeah, the marble cinematic ice. universe. I was like, it, is it ice or is it marble? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. but if it, but it fits with the whole Mesopotamian thing of Tiamat is like the mother of oceans. So I was like, yeah, sweet touch there. Got right. stuck in the ocean like that. So. Okay, finally, uh, would you guys recommend The Eternals? You can skip it. Yeah, I would say, <laughs> you know, for the diehards, probably see it. But you definitely, I mean, we've already made it pretty clear that you do not need to see this to really gain any new yeah. knowledge about the MCU. But, I mean, it, that's then again, though, right, it's the MCU probably have to but see I'm it to sure, get some kind yeah, of context like, for the larger story going forward there will be things you will need to know i'm sure but yeah and like i i've heard a lot of people ended up really liking it i i think some people who maybe connect more with the kind of fantasy fantasy sci-fi if it has one tone overall i would say it's more of a fantasy sci-fi tone like a uh more in uh, like less marvely tone i i think those people would probably want to see it sure. but if you're expecting your typical marvel movie if you're expecting something more consistent the whole time um i would say maybe not this but it, it, it's not it's certainly not i didn't regret seeing it but i i don't think i'll ever watch it again if that makes yeah. sense it does make sense i agree i just had a moment if icarus comes back you better give me freaking Gilgamesh then. Give me back Don Lee. I know. Yeah. Icarus and that like very like erect way of just floating in the air and like the like the <laughs> lasers from this like just just goofy. Just goofy. <laughs> it's a goofy, goofy movie. I, it's a goofy movie. It's a goofy movie. I, I, I liked it because it conveyed how kind of creepy it is for someone to be doing that. Hmm. I was yeah. okay with the awkwardness of it. It was off-putting. Yes. Yeah. But I think it was supposed to be. Right. Right. Because they're Eternals. You can't relate to these folks. <laughs> yeah. I think you were supposed to find Icarus off-putting from the get-go. Like, yeah. I think that was supposed to be one of the hints that he wasn't the best dude. Yeah, right, right off the bat. It's beautiful, isn't it? And him going, I'm Icarus. <laughs> like, that's the response. It's like, okay, you're freaking weird. Me, dude. Icarus. Me shoot laser eyes. Yeah. Oh, well. Plan B. Let's just kill each other. Oh, the sound of John Travolta saying one of his great lines from Face Off means we're out of time. We'll be back next Monday with a new episode, assuming the monsters we had thousands of years to track and kill don't just defrost and come back to get us while we're busy hanging out and doing nothing while people suffer. If you have any questions for me, Matt, or Tim, you can reach us through our new email, aiptmoviespod at gmail.com. If you like this podcast or any of the other great podcast articles or features on AIPT, you can help support the site and the people who work on it by signing up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash AIPT comics. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, it's okay to love movies. They may not be able to love you back, but they'll always be there for you. Bye. <laughs> Remember, it's the planet Mercury. <laughs> As in Mercury, but fur. But fur. The squatching. <laughs>